0: Well, I'm back here in America in Kansas City, and I have to say, I uh, well, I think we're not officially supposed to like this Dasani water or something. It is nice to have flavorful water. You ever have the uh, the bottled water in Europe? Yeah. It's very flat. It has like no flavor to it.
1: Well, that's why you get the sparkling.
0: Oh, yeah. I accidentally I was hanging out in the uh, the Munich airport. And I wanted a bottle of water and I got one. And then later on in the plane, I decided I figured out it was uh, sparkling water, which, which <laughs> it, exploded all over you. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. In a previous era of my life, that would have been terrible. But but we are all now in the LaCroix era. So uh-huh. bottled water is fine. But, you know, that's not the first thing I wanted to talk about. That just came up. So, uh, you know, I have been traveling a lot, which we could easily talk about forever. I, sure. I, you know, I have a lot of a lot of information about Me traveling too. to Latvia and oh. and maybe we'll get to that at some point but as i was traveling around i uh, especially when i was going back um back home you know the fir- the closer you get home the more americans you start seeing again and um you know so so i was checking out their haircuts of the men as i mm-hmm. do and it reminded me of something i've been worrying about i'm i'm 40 years old now uh and i realized that i've had the same hairstyle for about 10 years right and there's this theory that I remember encountering that people will stop well that people will keep the haircut that they had at what they consider to be the best time of their life, and to some extent, that's why you see people with these really ancient haircuts uh, and because I don't know if this theory is good, but here's here's my concern and my question, like how do I make sure I'm not one of those people that when I'm standing there in the third line, I've have to have gone through in the Munich airport to get on a flight? And I'm like, wow, that's an old hairstyle. Like, like how do how do I keep updated? What do I do? Um,
1: hmm. Well, you can move to Australia. Um. Uh, they they the haircuts here are uh, I, I have noticed uh, they're a little different. Uh, the the men uh, the men's haircuts are a lot shorter and higher. Mm. And uh, usually it's the whole like uh, you know three on the clippers or two on the clippers and then uh, longer on top. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of product too. Oh yeah. Um, that, I don't know if that's happened in the states, but you know, I, I think see I think, okay,
2: your real issue here is like it's just about uh, going to a proper uh, stylist. Do mm. you do you have someone like? Have you switched I do. that up? Maybe I that's do. what you need to say. And that's where you have to maybe. Stylist. I think you yeah. need to ask the stylist to say, "Hey, just say like I'm I'm not one that likes to change a lot. And I haven't really thought about it, but what do you think? Like that." And just kind of let them go with it, right? And just yeah. man, at first you're going to be like, but I don't know. It's not – it's not, it's different. That, I don't man. like it. But then you just, is, you just outsource this decision, right? That is, or, that is good
0: advice because I have been thinking about that a lot now to give another ad. I go to uh, Abby Gapko in Austin, G-A-P-K-O. You got to go to her. She'll cut your beard, cut your hair. She'll do the whole thing, including tip for about $60, $70, depending oh. on how generous you are. And uh, I've, been th- I've been going to her for about a year and a half. So I think I'm finally comfortable enough, one, to talk to her for more than two minutes, right? And then and then three, to be like, listen, aside from giving me one of those Nazi haircuts that is unfortunately popular nowadays with the neo-Nazis, like, can you do something? Like, that? It, they used to call it a Macklemore haircut, but have you noticed all the neo-Nazis have that haircut? It's just like ruining it for people. <laughs> It's, um, <laughs> it's too bad. I don't want a neo Nazi haircut. Nobody does. Nobody. But, but I think well, you're at the dramatic.
2: you're at the right price range, right? You're you're kinda I mean, that seems like and I do understand like wow, well, I, I think there is like you need to build up some rapport, right? So it sounds like yeah. you've been going there for a while, you know her a little bit and say, so like, listen, I need to switch it up. She'll get it. Like she'll like listen, she do de- what does she do? Like all day long she does this kind of stuff. And you're like so if you just open up, if you just crack the door, you're like, I don't know, been trying to think, change up the look a little bit, keep it a little fresh. She yeah. will immediately have ideas.
1: You know, yeah. you you just gotta put yourself in their hands. Like, I, I got a haircut, uh, what, two, three days ago, and, and um, so I'm sitting there, and he goes, "What do you? What? Uh, I think he might have been like Polish or Russian or something." He's like, "What? What should I do about your beard?" And I was like, "Well, I'm thinking about trimming it off," and he just goes, <laughs> "And it's gone." <laughs> 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 wow! So, so um, I didn't get to say like
2: I don't think Matt Ray. Right, I don't think you built up the rapport. there is like, like a rapport part of that. Like before you, like I this doesn't seem like a good. This doesn't seem like a good experience. Yeah,
1: the haircut was good. I liked where he was going. I and then yeah. you know he got to the beard part, and I was like, well, I'm thinking about cutting it off. He's like, I got this.
0: Man, you, you you really you really nailed the electric uh, buzzer sound. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, that but Coach, great. I
2: think this is really where I think the, you know, to, not to like really get off the rails here. It's like not to comment on your looks or anything, but I'd say like the beard, right? Like I think that's where you could probably show the most change, like going a lot shorter, mm. going a lot longer. I don't know, like mm, or, or going. I mean, no beard. I think you've. <laughs> I think I remember at one point there was like a collection. Like how much. You know, like people kind of said, like we got some money together. Would you shave it all off? I think, as I remember, you're 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 not in favor of something like that. No, so, no. So no. maybe just like going a little shorter, or even going a little long. You know, like that's a big a big part of like dis- deciding on your look there.
0: Yeah, yeah. That uh, that's something I'll, I'll see. I'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I've I've had a beard since I was 16, and I just feel like you know, uh, I either got a hobo beard or a somewhat short one. But I could go shorter. I don't know. I, I'm always afraid to say too short, and then I'll get it. Really short beard. Well, but, you know, it'll grow back. Well, that's 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 true. <laughs> that that is nice. Well, well, first of all, so this episode finally, and due to just us needing to uh, schedule a time, this episode's officially sponsored by Datadog. That's just one word. Now, uh, uh, I think a little bit later, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a longer ad, but you should keep listening because what they arranged, they of course have a URL with our name in it uh, that you can go check out. If you go to datadogcom talk. Now, me and Leonard over there had a long discussion about if it should be datadog.com SDT or datadog.com slash software defined talk. And what, and what we both agreed on is that people who listen to this know how to type. So I think, <laughs> I think they can handle it, but anyways, uh, there's a little offer there to get a, a free t-shirt uh, if you're into it, but, but we'll come back to them later, but coincidentally, Here's, here's, uh, it's been like, what, three weeks since you we recorded? And, it's been a uh, while, yeah. Yeah, when I was in, I was in London for DevOps Days London, I was talking with, uh, with, with an old friend of mine there, and and, and this, this person was like, it's going to be all about monitoring versus observability. And and me, you know, being someone who worries more about his haircut than anything else, is like, what, what does that mean? I know what monitoring is, but is, is, is this actually something? So he sort of explained it to me, or mm-hmm. sorry, I was trying to anonymize it. They sort of explained it to me, and then subsequently, all of a sudden, I found all these uh, these pieces in medium. So you can clap them or whatever the hell it is that fucked up shit is. Um, I think it's you grabbing them. Oh, a little grab ass in medium. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Anyhow, uh, like uh, that kind of we're going over thoroughly what the what this observability is now. Now before before I uh, offer my opinion on it. As always, Matt Ray, oh, no. what is this observability thing?
1: <laughs> um, uh, observability is, uh, it's, it's, you know, they, they try to, to uh, oh man, um, that is a very good blog post uh, that, that we link to, um, and, and, and really it's, it's that uh, you need to make everything understandable. You know, so monitoring is just part of the, the story, like, you know, having metrics on everything that you do, that's great, but actually being able to understand and derive insight from those metrics is what's actually important. Uh-huh. And so observability is more like um, the application of logging and monitoring, like like making things actually useful as opposed to just the raw data. that That's my take on it. Um, and uh, I obviously need to to clean that up. I, I got a, a talk at a serverless conference I got to give. So uh, this is going to be included in that. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Serverless. Um, serverless. But I think doesn't
2: this come back to the old um, anyone that's worked in monitoring for any length of time is like, okay, the first thing that you do is – you want to get everything instrumented. And then the second thing you do is like, man, I have no idea what all this data means. I just right. like, it's pretty much useless, right? Yep. And then there's this whole process of then unwinding, like, okay, which data is actually useful? When mm-hmm. is it useful? And which of this data can we just get rid of and just stop looking at? Because well, it's just causing too many questions and it doesn't offer any value.
1: What, what, what to filter out and what isn't being surfaced that needs to be there.
2: Absolutely, and I think this is, you know, we'll give like a, I don't know, maybe we'll say this for the Datadog ad, but it's like, you know, the, the way that you can do that the best, right, I think, is when you take the time to start instrumenting your application with your own metrics, right, mm-hmm. which is sort of the hallmark of most of these platforms, Datadog being one. They have, I think they call it Dog Stats D, which <laughs> if memory serves, is their version of Stats D. So if you want to be good at monitoring or observability, it starts about you're putting in the effort to one, figure out what in your application do you need to measure that matters. Mm-hmm. And then two, taking the time because that's going to be a custom thing, right? Taking the time, which is not usually hard. It's just more thinking, right? Like what do we want? How much of it do we want? And then instrumenting your code to actually collect that. Cause there's organizations that do that. I think are like on the right path, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the organizations that just keep calling. They're like, I just got this Oracle thing. Do you have a monitoring pack for that? And then I just got this other thing. Uh, you know, I got some other, my SQL or something that you've never heard of. And it's just like, yeah, we can keep giving you this stuff, but I'm not sure it's going to
0: help you. So, now, now yeah. th- this, at this point. So, so when I was reading those po- posts, so the, uh, I think, I think the, the best overview is from, uh, from this person, Cindy over there in Clapland. And then there's someone who wrote, some CEO of a startup who wrote a post of her post, which which is good. There's other stuff. But so I had this conflict in my head. One, so it seems like one read is what Matt Ray was saying is the, uh, I forget what we used to call this back in our day, but it was, you know, adding intelligence and analytics and smartness, right? Like, uh, Like all that kind of stuff, which that's fantastic, right? But then as I'm reading more observability stuff, it seems like it's mostly about getting developers to instrument the applications Mm -hmm. right like like you can't you can't have any intelligence about something if it's not giving you the right uh metrics which is probably another like trigger word for devops people but like if it's not exposing the right uh things the right metrics for you so so is it both of those or is it more the second or what what uh what what are y'all hearing out there in the wilds
2: well, I think it's always. I think it's more the instrumentation, right? Because I, cause I, I actually, think, I actually think this even starts further back than even in engineering, right? It's like, what does matters to your organization? Like, what is the, what are you trying to do? Like, obviously, it's make money, but then it's like, do you understand? inside your application like why you make money what are the things that make your application perform well make it perform poorly right and if you kind of like think through it right and it takes some time right it's not something i think is immediately obvious and if you but if you take that time and then you say okay i'm going to start instrumenting these things cuz these really tie back to important metrics that drive our business if you've done that and then everyone starts to use that and then you start to really have a nice corpus if you will of data same thing with log files right like you really start to understand what's driving the performance and then how your application is doing and then how your business is doing so and I think most places right there it's just everyone is rushing like we have to get things out faster we have to get this new release out with this new feature and we're doing continuous delivery and it's great and it's like I've been in many of these meetings, right, where you just stand back and some, then someone pulls up, like, the dashboards, of, like, or whatever, Excel or, you know, some other graphing tool, um, graphite, you know, and it's just like, okay, let's look at this. And, like, nobody knows. You know, it's just impossible to decipher, like, what this stuff means. And at that moment, you're sort of lost, right? This data is probably neither not going to tell you very much interesting or it's going to lead you astray. So, you know, to me, that's where it starts.
0: So you you know so so you're sort of you're managing how your business works, right? And and like meanwhile and 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 I guess it's your business and then and then you want to make sure that these services you are doing well. You know what we should uh, Hold on guys. I got it. We should call this business service management. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a little more a little sounds a little more enterprise and observability. I don't want to uh... <laughs> uh
1: how about business process auditing?
0: Ooh, business process <laughs> auditing. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you don't want to drink, but yeah. So, uh, a little little everyone likes a BMC joke, but <laughs> yeah. uh...
2: but I do. I mean, it's true. Like, yeah, everything that is old is new again. But you know, and I think this is I like I think a lot about this around security too. It's like, hey, before we like we got a lot of new products and we get a lot a lot more powerpoints in here and with people like showing stuff and it's like we can probably just sit down, you know, and think through. Probably just sit down, you know and think through the metrics that are, I don't know if I can prevent every possible security attack, but like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should just encrypt all the data. Let's just encrypt all the data and make sure we patch all the stuff we're using fairly frequently okay let's just get that done right and it's like okay are you secure from everything And just like the data conversation like do you have every conceivable piece of data that you want probably not but like just doing that would start to just you know move your business forward on the security front protect your business so much more um, and they're, they're fairly simple right before you have to get into like lots of different tools and really complicated you know use cases so there's a lot to be done before I think you know you get into yeah. these like very complicated architectures and CMDBs and you all that kind of crazy yeah and and,
0: and i think i think that's totally valid and and as i uh obliquely and directly like to make fun of in my register columns as much as possible right like yeah sure you've been doing this forever right but i i I think the the point is like you know uh if you have been doing this forever then we wouldn't have to be talking about it (laughs) right and or if you had and, and then and then you know also i think as i was reading about observability like this emphasis on as as both of you been talking about of like here's what you should do maybe you should make it so your applications actually emit this stuff and then also to the point you keep making brandon you should ask yourself what would i need to be monitoring and uh and looking at and analyzing and i think i think that's like a lot of things that you see in like devopsy and cloud native talk is is uh for old people like us or extremely well-read, well-read young people, you'd be like, but isn't this like what we've always been doing? But it's sort of like, yes, but you should actually do it.
1: See, and and, and I think this is, this is taking concepts that are familiar to, you know, the DevOps crowd and and relabeling them so they don't get waved away as yet another monitoring thing. And, and so, Mm. you know, what's missing from so many of these, uh, enterprises that you know i walk into is they don't have even the basics and so if you show up and you're like you know hey uh, i got this monitoring thing and they're like no no, no it's cool we got patrol
0: um and <laughs> no 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 seriously easy easy <laughs> if you if you're like me you're like oh i'm sorry about that uh you might be running my code <laughs> How how's that working out yeah yeah
1: well but, but that, I mean that that's that's the thing about like some of these newer tools like you know your your data dogs and honeycombs and whatnot is like they're probably going to have a hard time initially penetrating the enterprises because they're really just not ready for it um, and what what Brandon was kind of referring to about just like the basics of block and tackling good hygiene about patching and stuff they don't even have that and <clears throat> so you know if we call it something new, you know, call it something different, at least you're not going to get like pushed away into you know the the heap of monitoring tools that are out there. You're like, no, 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 no. no we want to we want to sell you observability, not
0: mm. you know, not not
1: not the last three generations of monitoring.
0: Another DevOps marketing hack in action. <laughs> Genius. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I, I got a couple of those, but you know, it's the you you just you see again and again things that you take for granted. Um, you know, with I mean, the the like the honeycomb is a good example. They took what they were doing at Facebook, uh, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. Everyone's going to use it." I'm like, "Yeah, there's not a lot of Facebooks out there, mm. right? You know, there's not a lot of uh, uh, what was it that they came up came up with at Twitter? Um, is that where Zipkin came from?
0: I think so. Yeah, Mesosphere or something like that." I yeah, I mean, there's a couple
1: there. of those frameworks, right? And then you know, and then if you you dig far enough into it, you're going to run into the the Solaris guys and like, you know, Z Trace. We've had that forever. What's your problem, right? Yeah. Nah. So, nah.
2: but I think it kind of all wraps around. Like a lot of these large in, uh, organizations, like I think uh, Etsy, right, wrote uh, Stats did they write Stats D, right? They, they yeah, came out. And it's like so. I think there's something to be taken from that. Is certainly we don't want every part of the world writing their own monitoring tools. But the part of that that is important, whether it be Facebook or at Sears Twitter, is all those guys did it because at the at some point they like, we need some custom instrumentation to better understand our business and the availability of it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the part you want to take that's important is large organizations intrinsically have learned this, right? They get it, that, that we got to like go out, write some code to get some stuff to really show us what's doing. So I don't think you need to write your own monitoring tool, but I think you can grab stuff like in this case this week's sponsor dog stats D works probably <laughs> pretty well right like take the time to instrument you know that uh in your application. And I think hopefully developers, right? I mean, this is a place where you can get that real-time feedback. So hopefully it's not one of these tasks you just feel like I don't want to write on the monitoring stuff because that's lame. It's like, no, this is really what's going to show you if your future's doing well and it kind of give you some like feedback about what's really happening. So yeah. that's, an, I think the important part of that.
0: So there you go. We, you got, you got to take a book from us, uh, a book, a page from us, us vendors who are trying to sell you a platform that, that you might, you might think you want to build on your own and be like, Hey, Hey, I get it. It's, it'd be fun to build your own something that ends in a D that would be great. <laughs> but instead, why don't you spend your time figuring out the right kind of observability to have the right, the right metrics to emit the right way to analyze them. And, and, uh, instead give someone else some money to collect the stuff for you. Like that, that's uh, there you go. We'll do, we'll do that. But now, so this reminded me, so on, on this long flight that I had or series of flights, I had to take four flights for a long story. Uh, like I finished reading this book, uh, Cloud Native Java, which should really be called Spring, but that's fine. And uh it actually had a couple of chapters as it was fresh in my mind from t- studying whatever observability is going over um I don't know, they call it Spring Actuator and then uh and then Zipkin, since you mentioned it, which is called Spring Sleuth. And uh and it was interesting because it was basically like, Hey developers, here's a way that's not JMX that you can add uh monitorability to your application and then with zip can you do tracing and stuff like that which mm-hmm. which is um which is nice and i remember when i was reading about this stuff maybe a year ago i was thinking like i i had my old patrol mentality which is like if 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 managing and monitoring your application requires the developers to compile their code then you've lost but it seems like maybe nowadays that's not the case and it's just like holy shit if you can get the developers to write metrics into your application, it's just like gravy after that, right? Like it's crazy. You could do all sorts of things. Like, you know, back when we worked on this, you would just like – it's JMX, t-
1: log for j uh, oh, Man, you,
0: you would – like I, I would – I think there are times where I would spend like weeks trying to like figure out a way to get some metric. I mean one time, one time I spent like a month trying to figure out how the fucking WebSphere class loader worked. <laughs> so that I could just gather some basic metrics, and then what I ended up having to do is like I had to start a whole other process so that the class loader was clean, and then have it like remotely connect to WebSphere. Oh my god, it was a fucking nightmare. But it was just like, or the developer could have just written the the, the metrics I needed into their application. So cool. maybe, it, maybe yeah, and it's I think a this is era.
2: you know definitely you know living through this era. I think this is exactly driven by you know you know in this case this is the place where I think we, the cloud does get to credit like you know back you know maybe late 90s 2000s right it was all about generally monitoring you know, out of the other applications out of the box or like some large enterprise was putting together some like, and they had Oracle and WebSphere yeah. and several other things. So the use cases were more around, it is an operations group that has no access to the code even, right? They're sort of just responsible for these large enterprise applications. They're trying to prevent, you know, uh, put everything together in some big dashboards and they can't, they either don't have the resources or they really just can't edit in, and insert uh, their custom metrics. And that is, that day, I think, is long gone, right? Like yeah, the data yeah. dogs in that world, this new generation, you know, of all of these companies is about like, no, everyone understands you're building your own web application. You do have developers. If you make it simple for them, which is just usually a few lines, they can instrument it. In most of them, um, I would say, you know, the thought leaders here like Facebook, Twitter are really driving that this is what you should do. So people are a lot more open to it now than they certainly have ever been before.
0: Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's uh, the line in 2008. It's like, Monitoring sucks. No, you suck. Like that's 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 uh, put together an ignite talk on that. Yeah.
2: Oh, how many? I think I could go. How long do you get for Nina? Is it just you get you get uh, five minutes? Five minutes. Oh, minutes with, I need like I, 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 I would need like four four consecutive sessions. Well, that could be that could be a whole talk. That Good. could be I could be like a twenty minute session.
0: This yeah. is, this will finally be your year, Brandon, where you can is have a DevOps days talk. Like yeah. I think I think throughout the course of software defined talk, we've been trying to consult with you to get a talk. Of this this could
2: I be don't it. know. it's you know, I gotta stay employed one way or the other guy. <laughs> I, can, you know. I mean just between the security and monitoring, it could leave a lot of scorched earth for me. Yeah. Uh, so, you
1: go uh, from uh monitoring sucks to observability, observability love.
0: Oh there you go. Yeah. Well well speaking of observability love. Yes here here here's here's our here's our sponsor slot. Now listen, wow. listen. Uh uh this is we're gonna have three of these Right, and and I got a little bit of a script thing here, so I'm gonna sound a little unnatural, but I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna try it out, right? <laughs> We're gonna see what happens. And if I if I totally screw it up, I'll edit it and reread it, and mm. you'll never know that it, that it happened. We could but,
1: we, we could do a Beastie Boys style. Everyone take a line.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. We'll do we'll do little callbacks and do the robot dance <laughs> next time and talk about like uh, someone named Mario. Anyways. Uh, so as we were talking about, you know, monitoring a hassle. All of us know that. The three of us, as we keep alluding to, we used to work on that. We used to uh, code up all sorts of monitoring things. You <laughs> You're welcome. Year, <laughs> You got your, yeah, you're welcome. You got your logs, you got your class loader stuff. Like it's, it's very difficult to figure out what to monitoring. So, and especially nowadays in the cloud, you got all these services and apps and containers. Have you heard about containers? We talk about that a lot. Familiar. Familiar. Topic has come up a few times. And then it's not only like Brandon is saying, you got to have your, uh, your business monitoring, but you got your application performance. And every now and then when something goes wrong, you got to troubleshoot it. So there, you know, we've mentioned Datadog several times, but it's, it's one of these companies it's like it's probably a, a, a scratch that someone wanted to itch. I always get that that backwards. Yep. But it was built by engineers for engineers. You go, you get that whole SRE thing of like we should have ops people who know how to code, uh, and and it's got it'll you know monitor the whole stack of things you have for as they say here modern applications, which uh, modern's a good phrase there. So it helps Dev and Ops teams easily look at all their servers, their containers, their apps, or services. And then to Brandon's point, right, like you pull all that stuff together in a nice dashboard and other stuff, and you can actually decide things like, oh, we should just let that server burn to the ground because it doesn't make us any money. That one over there, we should not be a dumpster fire. So you can hook it all together and uh, get a better sense of what's going on. Now, it works with all sorts of technologies, like 200 of them or so. And of course... It's got all the great things you need, like AWS, Matt Ray's favorite chef. It'll work with uh, Docker, Redis, and also Kubernetes, uh, which, which is nice, because apparently that's the future we're all going to be living in, kind of like uh, Will Smith and those cars that you get into in that uh, robot movie. Like, it's just we're going to be living in containers, cruising around. And if you want to jump out of them and run around the highway, you know, good luck to you. That, that'll be fun Let's to you. Go so it has, it, it's, it's got a lot of built-in dashboards, and it's got some algorithmic alerts. And end-to-end tracing. So it really has all the stuff that, that we used to uh, to to envy everyone else having beyond just doing simple simple metrics and things like that. So, uh, you know, it sounds great. But what you can do, so you can get a free trial. They arrange this thing that you can go check it out yourself and get a free trial. And they'll send you a Datadog shirt. Now, if it's like the ones that I see out at uh, the DevOps stage, it's one of these, uh, I think they call it a Triblend shirt. I don't know. They're going to send us one so we can test it out. Uh, but you know it's a good soft shirt you can wear wherever else and it's got that lovely logo of theirs on it who doesn't like dogs people who aren't human don't like dogs (laughs) everyone likes a dog and uh, so if you want to get that shirt you just go to datadog.com slash software defined talk and uh, sign up for a little thing and i think you you, there's a have a challenge you make a little dashboard and then they'll send you a t-shirt which will be good so we thank uh Datadog for sponsoring this and for putting up with our nonsense. It's taken yep. us a while to actually uh get it rolled in there, but uh it's awful nice of Leonard and everyone over there to 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 give us a shot at the big time. I'm sure that's their, giving away t shirts It's gotta
1: be their best bad, best ad ever.
0: Oh yeah, well <laughs> that's so nice of you to say, Matt Ray. That's uh that's some real time <laughs> feedback. And you know, Going into our uh, acquisitions and more section, they actually they acquired a uh, a little a little logging company, yeah. as I recall, Logmatic.io, yet another quality.io company. So you know they're uh, look look at that, they got enough cash to be acquiring things and pulling yeah. stuff in.
1: They must be doing you know, pretty well go, for themselves.
0: I should go see if they're over here at uh, DevOps Days Kansas City. Probably. And, uh, and see what's going. You know who's not here? ThoughtWorks. Uh. ThoughtWorks is always everywhere. I needed a sharpie today. Because I got two coworkers with me, uh, well, I wanted to label our water bottles so we weren't swapping spit. Normally, you'd go over to the ThoughtWorks place and grab a sharpie, mm. but no ThoughtWorks. It's a big bummer. <laughs> Maybe there's some other uh, DevOps days going on. <clears throat> so, uh, also in acquisition news, uh, does anyone know who DataPipe is? I heard some Europeans talking about yeah, it, and they seemed impressive. Yeah,
1: they are a large MSPSI type company. Um, if memory serves. They do a lot of federal
0: work, uh, but mm. uh, yeah, someone said they had data centers in Russia too, or something. Oh, so it sounds like they got like exotic coverage. Yeah, there. yeah.
1: I think. I mean, I don't think they're as well. If Rackspace is doing the acquiring, I don't think they're as big as Rackspace. But uh, you know, it's uh, I want to say you know a couple hundred people, um, pre- pretty pretty mm. sizable company, uh, and so you know, their, Rackspace bought them to partner up on on. The MSP SI play that they're uh, all in on now, and uh, yeah, being a private company, they don't have to tell us anything
0: about it. Yeah, you know, as <laughs> as I always say, I I watched this happen back when I was at Four Five One, and I think uh, I think their shift to being like fuck all that commodity stuff. I think this is a quote from their press release. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all that commodity cloud stuff. I, you, the CEO of Rackspace says yeah, we're going managed cloud. That, that might be something
1: I, for the, uh, the subscription of the, uh, <laughs> for the, exactly. the white paper analysis. We'll go in the, wow, did he really but make to an F bomb in a press release? <laughs> it's not only that
2: though. but I think it's just the full private equity. Yeah. It's like, okay guys, let's just get serious. Where's the money? Money's in the enterprise. It's in these MSP private cloud things. Okay we want some more of that. We want it where we don't yeah. have it. Europe, data pipe, you want money. We're going to put you in, you know? So, so I think it's good. I mean, I actually think this is a, you know, right rack I guess not a headquartered here in Austin, but headquartered down in San Antonio and also a big office in, in Austin. I think it's good, right? I think it's a good way for them to build out a niche. Makes a lot of sense. I'm sure the PE guys like the, the E to R ratio of all of this. So it, it seems like they are going to build, you know, a good solid, you know uh manage hosting business you know for private clouds which makes total sense.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. That that'd be fun stuff. So also uh not that this is really relevant but it looks like Google's going to hire a bunch of HTC people. Now, now Matt Ray. Yeah. Do you use an Android phone still? I do. I got myself I, I, a I Pixel. Get lost. Yeah. So is it is this is this like are you just like is this the best thing ever? Are you like, oh, thank God? I don't care. You're going to get the <laughs> H- okay. All right.
1: Um, you know, uh there's a couple of good Android Vendors out there. Um, I, I just happened to get a Pixel, yeah.
0: uh, I, and so they they make the Pixel. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So which is like that's supposed to be like an awesome phone. Uh, it's right?
1: good. It's a very nice phone. But
2: is uh, so it next week they're going to announce? Or no, I think it's two but, weeks they're going to Google's going to have its big hardware yeah, day, probably, right? Yeah. So coming out with the next Pixel. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah uh, there's there's a couple of Android makers out there. Um, I think the uh, was it Essential, the OnePlus One. Uh, or the yeah. OnePlus. Yeah. They all make fairly vanilla Android phones, uh, which is what I would want. And uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I do think it's interesting
2: because like, I was like the security side. Obviously Apple announced, had so many things announced, but that face ID, um, interesting, right? I don't know. It's. It seems like that's, you know, obviously a new biometric that'll be widely adopted with Apple. And it seems like the integration of the hardware software is really what lets them kind of push oh, yeah. that. So I don't know. That's my thing with Google. I think that's like, why is it different than Motorola? You know, I think it's the fact that they they probably see, you know, a need to really get the silicon and the software closer together to do some of the stuff um, like Apple in the near term. So I think that is interesting if they do it, You know, like all acquisitions, most of them fail, right? So it's super hard, but you could see them sort of trying to vertically integrate a division and starting to do that kind of stuff, which would be interesting, right? Because it would be um, competing on Apple's terms, at least, right? Which is today, you know, it's pretty difficult, right? With so many different Android devices to, like, mandate any specific kind of technology inside of them.
0: Yeah, that that, that Motorola thing was weird. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a weird thing to fuck up, but... (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like so, so basically you compete in mobile phones, you bought Motorola, and it didn't work, <laughs> right? Like, it's just like, I don't know how you fucked that yeah. up, but whatever. Like, you know, as, as we know, most acquisitions don't work so uh so that's the way it goes well well then also to segue into our uh weekly kubernetes there thing uh we need to have a little uh, sound sound jam for wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> so so puppet bought a, a company which i must admit i had never heard yeah. of called uh how do you pronounce this distelli sure is it like italian or something uh and uh it looks like basically it'll uh it'll allow puppet to do a lot more uh deploying your stuff into kubernetes i found uh on the news stack as always uh, you know, they they had a from Susan Hall. They had a much more better, much more better. They had a good write up mm-hmm. that went into a lot more details than than other writers. Although I gotta say, as I keep saying every week, that GeekWire is getting more and more impressive. Mm-hmm. They should hire. I mean, I don't want to fuck with my man Alex Williams' business, but they need to poach some people from the New Stack to help them out, <laughs> or 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 at least copy them. Maybe they should acquire the New Stack. How about yeah, that? Make Alex. And anyways, or vice versa. But uh, anyway, she had some uh, good coverage of everything going on there, and and it sounds like not knowing anything about what what she wrote basically and uh, i checked in at my 451 buddies but uh, so they had some numbers there but uh yeah it looks like now they basically have a pipeline to putting stuff into kubernetes for you and uh, maybe a dashboard for it did i did i get that right puppet competitor
1: (laughs) welcome to the club (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like it yeah so yeah, uh, I think I know like one guy works there. Like, I have no idea how big sure. the was.
0: So 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 ac- according to my 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 old colleague at four one Jay Lyman in his report, yep. uh, they got 500 employees over there at the puppet, wow. and they're they got an estimated annual revenue in the hundred million dollar range. Good on them. Which 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 sounds great. Yep. That's good for them. And uh, you know they got uh, they got they got a nice library. You, you ever been in that library they have, Matt Ray? Uh, I don't mean to be trolling you on this stuff. Yeah, I have not. I have not. It's it's pretty good. It's good stuff. So, uh, so speaking of that, uh, you know, since it's been so long, we have like we have like a roundup oh of Kubernetes so news. Now, first question: you abbreviate it to be K8s, yep. right? Is that correct? Sure. Because I see some people just put K8, and I feel like that would be nice. No. But you got to put an S at the end. No, that
1: that that's not how it works. She, the number in the middle is all the letters you skipped over, but you got to have the closing end. There's a regex for this, yeah. right? <laughs> It should be i want to know who started this
2: because i always think it's a16z uh, is what popularized it but clearly someone it's did it a, it's that.
0: internationalization the nerds it, it used <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. i18n and i think that's where it comes from oh, oh is that boom. where it came up yeah, oh too long. i like that oh yeah. got it you remember you remember speaking of the old days remember when we did our big international relation release oh. and we were like look at, us. look at us we can translate into different we're languages in highfalutin yeah. And then, and then that's yeah. where I learned that, like, you don't—at least maybe back then—you don't want to tell the Chinese that you you have a Hong Kong or a Korean translation, oh, no. and the Koreans don't want to know that there's a Japanese translation. It's very complicated. <sighs> like, you, you don't want to—you don't want to let that and, stuff and, over and that's right why there. I changed my
1: title from you know from working in APAC to APJ.
0: Oh, APJ. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Asia, complicated. Yeah. Who, knew? <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? That's
1: right. <laughs> All those people over there, just yeah.
0: I got to see a lot uh, of it though, right? I was So so the the summary of this news, and there have been a few, dare I say it, thought pieces mm. published. I think that are basically like Kubernetes has now won. Even even Amazon and even Oracle yeah. are are involved in this. Now of course in Oracle land, uh I might be mixing together my news, but I think Larry will sell you Kubernetes for fifty percent cheaper than anyone else. <laughs> or maybe that was <laughs> maybe that was something. But it else only runs on Solaris. Yeah. Mm, but but the, of course they're shutting down. Solari, oh yeah so yeah. Gotta, so we're, we're crossing
1: the streams on our news news cycles here.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. But so uh, so let's see let's see. So mesosphere adding Kubernetes yep. support. Right then you got uh, then you got uh, Oracle joining the CNCF. Yep, yep. That 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 looks like fun. They had a very uh, uh, what's what's the stack company from Austin they bought? Not Stack um, Exchange. Yeah, St- stack, uh, Storm. Stack, stack Storm. Stack Storm. Someone else stack engine they had a pretty strong statement from the former ceo of stack oh, yeah. engine who still works there it was basically it, it was strong in the sense that one it was uh, nice and informative and two he was like oh yeah like we're gonna do this container stuff and we got people asking for it so we'll be uh, doing container orchestration it was it was a good good little quotes in there and then uh our our the, the heptio people they got they got a shit ton of funding yeah bringing i think it's like 25 million and then they uh now that's 33.5 million total funding now i don't know if brandon has affirmed this but i was suggesting for our white paper reading we do two press releases one of them would be the press release for this heptio funding yeah. which i think there's a lot of interesting stuff a lot of going tea on leaves there. to be read yeah i think so or just a lot of like how this stuff mm-hmm. works there's only really i don't know we'll see and then the other one is uh an older a gartner tam press release but uh We'll see, maybe we'll go over those uh in the members only podcast, which if you go to patreon dot com slash sdt, for people who don't like to type, you see that <laughs> Uh like like you can uh, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. And uh you know, the cool people I've several people have actually upgraded from a dollar to five dollars because because Whoa. they Whoa. Uh,
2: that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, they, now we gotta start we're now we gotta really start here. together.
0: Brandon, this is why I'm always on your ass to record that episode, right? This, All this right, is, I'm in. We, we, I'm in. We we're doing
2: do it. it. Yeah. We're doing it. It's going to be great. We're going to do those press releases. We're going to talk a lot about Heptio and Kubernetes. Give the people what you want. And, and, and Apple, right? We'll just throw in like 30 minutes on Apple because everyone's <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> so, like, whatever. You know, we're here at Software Defined Talk. We pander. Like, you want to hear it? We'll talk about Apple. Let, let, me, let, me, let,
0: me, let me give a brief iOS 11 review since I'm sure everyone wants to know. So, so listen, listen.
2: Hold on, I'm gonna go first. Okay. Upgrade worked.
0: Yeah, that's all that, I that's, have to that's, say. That's, that's pretty much my, my, my review. Is like I, so as as people may remember, I've been using the beta for quite some time, and and this I think for every Apple upgrade, you only want to know one thing. Like I understand, I'm gonna have a terrible shitty experience for a couple of weeks, and then am I just am I gonna have one of those like uh those like Rick Sanchez memory eraser things, <laughs> and everything will be fine? The answer is yes. Your muscles will relearn the new stuff and you'll you'll forget all the new things you've been doing and your 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 inability to figure out the notification screen on the lock thing that'll go away after a while and you get used to it. And then when you open up the little control center, you'll be like, what the fuck are all these stupid ass things in here? You'll forget about that. Like, it'll be great. I can't really speak to the music thing because I don't use that trash fire. That they have in there, uh, but uh, it seems good. Well, I just second it.
2: I just say the the biggest. Uh, every time I they do an upgrade, it's and this one worked fine. I I would do it if you have a phone, go for it. It's gonna be great. But it's always like you know, Apple just changes some fonts, like subtle fonts, and you know? it's always like, wow, it kind of looks fresh, you know. So I think that's a good like PowerPoint trick. Like if you just like give them the same presentation, just I don't know, just just do a new template, go from Arial to Helvetica, you know, maybe goes just just change it up a little bit, and it's like oh, it looks a little bit more fresh, you know, round out a corner here and there. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been good.
1: My, my, uh, my Android upgrade went fine too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. You know, the only, I didn't, I didn't want to go on about it, but I do feel like I should complain about one thing. And that is they have this, they have this files app Mm -hmm. in there, which has so much promise. But when I was looking at it again, it's a lot like the health app. Remember when the health app came out? And and it was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then you're like, oh, this is basically a file maker that has no data in it that I can do nothing with. Right. And the file thing is basically a dashboard for all your other file apps, right? So you can add in Google Drive and Dropbox, but it just goes and opens those apps for you. <laughs> like wow, what the thanks. fuck? Saved right? you like, a it's, click. It's really not with like, an
1: extra click. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's uh they, they should just I mean, come on, if you're Apple, you could go to Dropbox and you could go to Google and be like, hey we want to just suck this into the files app. And uh, I don't know. They might actually say no, but you know, no the files app is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well ask. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the major Kubernetes news. So there's, there's some extra no, links, links. Uh, that, that we'll have in there. You know, of course there was some uh, big security event that happened. So there's been a lot of uh, security concerning. Yep. I only have one question about that Equifax yes. stuff. That's for both of you. Like, I mean, this is inevitable, right? Like we're just fucked. Like, there's no- <laughs> I've been
1: saying that forever. The good thing, <laughs> the good thing is I always point out, you'll never have to pay for credit checks again.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I guess, I guess we got that going for us. I don't know. It, it just, it just seems like, you know, speaking of thought pieces, like you can do all the, the thought piecing you want, but like, it's just like, it's, it's inescapable. Mm-hmm. Things are just going to go wrong. So, uh, I don't know what to do about that. But I do
2: like, I mean, this is where, you know, kind of back to the Apple thing, I think I do like the fact that Apple, and really mobile, like mobile has sort of rethought security in a lot of ways. Mm. The fact that, like, most phones are, like, encrypted now by default. The fact that, like, you can wipe a phone remotely if you lose it. I think Apple now, you know, kind of really popularized the Touch ID biometric, which is at least better than a password. Um, I'm I'm assuming, I, I... believe Apple's got enough like goodwill that I'm I believe the face ID thing's going to work and be really good. And so if we think about nothing's going to get rid of passwords in the near term, but if you know, we can slowly erode them over time and you know, obviously there's two-factor authentication and stuff like that, but I do think that's a, a good thing for computing in general. So like there is if there's any hope, it's that. It's that the fact that yeah, we got to get rid of all these these passwords and we got to get rid of this stuff. And, you know, there is some movement now where um, it does take a company as big as like an Apple or a Google, right? Like if like Apple is sort of doing face ID, right? And it's going to be the thing that, you know, assuming it works, it'll become the thing we all become used to. And it's the way it is like Google could do something similar. And they have talked about it on the browser side. Like instead of like, you know, um, requiring passwords, they could, you know, start to require some other form of authentication. And when that starts to happen, then we start to get away, at least from the most obvious, simple data breaches, right? I'm not saying it will never happen again. It's just that, yeah, yeah. you know, with all this password stuff, it's yeah. just too – it's just way, way, way too easy, right? Um, and then it just goes back to – like there is a i I thought of um, – this was an interesting part of the, the, that uh, Equifax thing was the – in this case, they were using one Apache uh, Struts. So, you know, that's an open source <laughs> project. So I, I thought uh, – <laughs> um, regardless like you rarely see um the vendor like if this had been like a paid product the vendor would never have come out and said anything but i think i can't remember who it was the guy that was quoted was like one of the leaders of the patchy or something but he just (laughs) came out and was like no we issued the patch like a million years ago on the day that it was found and they just didn't do it and you're like i I thought that was like pretty healthy was like yeah like it was out there you have to do this like and then if you're you know, a company mostly predicated on like uh, you know storing information that's highly sensitive, right? You think you have to pay extra attention to patching, right? Um, so I just thought that was interesting because most of the time it's like, oh, what could we have done? There was just nobody knew. It was, they were so sophisticated, right? And when you dig into these, it's usually, yeah, well, they just didn't yeah. apply some patch. And, um, and normally no one will want to come out and say that because everyone's invested in not. But I just thought the... So maybe there's a little vote for open source. Use <laughs> <laughs> an open source project. The open source... Uh, uh, leaders of the project will quickly tell you what you did wrong well, that that, so, that, you know, that good or that bad was
0: a that was a comfortingly optimistic take mm. from you brandon i think uh <laughs> with examples to back up your claim which is which is like yeah people improve security like we got 2fa nowadays maybe not everyone uses it but it's just it's like everywhere you can yeah. yeah you can encrypt stuff by default like i mean there's uh so it, it is possible to just kind of come up with uh how you, one should, how a company or an organization should do things more securely. It just, it, go, it goes back to that hard thing of like we were talking about earlier. And and, and uh, step number three, you should. Actually <laughs> yeah, do. I mean,
1: that, this going yeah. back to yeah. the conversation earlier is like this is just basic hygiene. And you know, probably you know, Cote and, and I, from our, our vendor perspectives, are going in and tell the same stories. Like, let's just fix up this tire fire that you have in house. Right, you're not patching. You don't know what you have. Everything's a mess. You know, let's let's update the version of struts we're using. <laughs>
0: mm. Let's not do it. Am I right?
2: Uh. The, yeah. Well, I think that's definitely on the inside side, but I do like I and kind of said before, like Google, Apple. I think has done a lot of it. I think, and if you wanted to point to a couple of others, like Amazon and Facebook, and Google and um, What I just forget? Um, Anyway, collectively, they could quickly kill the password if they wanted, right? Uh, Those companies have enough influence and power over consumers. If they came out and said, listen, this is the way we're going to do it, right? Everyone's doing it. And because once you get enough... Um, you know if you like, like anything once you introduce it to large populations then people will start to accept it so it sits out there right like it's an opportunity for those companies to do it it's not like it can't be done so yeah everyone should patch everything too right but then it would be nice if people got on board and were like okay let's get rid of this password we can collectively do it we can force to change consumer behavior yeah, yeah So that makes sense we'll see
0: so uh 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 the other the other uh links we have like because there's there's an interview i did with someone uh for DevOps Days Auckland, that's fun to read, and we got some stuff about Huawei and food and mm, uh, VMware on AWS. There's some more stuff on that, and and then there's some some more information about uh, where JE is going and and what it's doing. I think they put some code in GitHub, and you can check yeah. things out. And there's a little report about uh, some pricing changes in VMware's OpenStack. If you're interested in such esoteric things, have I mentioned our white paper podcast Both. for esoteria? You should you should check that out. But uh, Let's 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 close out with our recommendations for this week. Let's start with uh, let's start with you, Brandon.
2: Uh yes. Yeah, so this week, I actually bought some music, which is so, such a rarity for me. I bought uh, the new album from uh, Prophets of Rage, which is a, a group formed of uh, Rage Against the Machine former members of Rage Against the Machine, Cypress Hill, and Public Enemy. So I don't know. Maybe this is just nostalgia for my. That's youth. quite the combo there. It is. It's good. Like I, I don't know. I mean. I guess I'll give you two recommendations here. Like one, Rage Against the Machine. Really like them. I you can just you could if you want, just like, you know, break that out of your uh, iTunes or your Spotify and listen to it. But if you want to listen to like some updated stuff with so, a nice fusion man, of uh, they re- cypress, re- Hill, the Chuck the George D Bush references and, uh, with, with Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time. To- um, I just like that the guitarist I always like the, the uh, guitar on Rage yeah. Against the Machine, so I just like hey man. Yeah, Tom, that's what I was looking for. Like I just I mean, I just hear that guitar I'm just like, I like it. people going to be like it's Simon Rage's He's like yeah, yeah it is and I I really like it. So uh and I like Chuck D on top of it. So uh I just like that album. So like if you're of a certain age, like I mean, if you're like a Gen X or you, you know, this will be this will kind of make you feel hip, right? This is sort of like like I'm kind of part of the thing, but uh, yeah. but with like the people I like and it'll make you feel like a little <laughs> bit younger for a while as you drive to work and you're uh your uh, from your nice house and your probably your uh, sensible sedan. You can have your and have your office. You can no, no, you can have your office space moment, but like you know what? I just own it. I don't care. I own it. So that, check that, it out. Province of that Rage. Should
0: be, that should be the name of the next uh, you know, rearranged uh, early '90s band, Sensible <laughs> Sedan. <laughs> just like um. yeah. So what you're telling me, Brandon, is next time I'm worried about my haircut, I should listen to this band, and I'll be totally happy with it.
2: I do, yeah. I would, hundred percent. Yeah. All right,
0: all right. How about yourself, Matt? Right? Uh, you I, I got a, a couple. Um, first off, uh,
1: my my last flight. Uh, so the last two weeks, I went to uh, Singapore, Bali, and India separately. <laughs> so a whole lot of driving around. Of, I mean, of course around.
0: you did. I mean, that's that's not that's yeah. not unexpected. I'm I'm surprised you only went to three <laughs> yeah. places. Uh, so
1: I spent a fair amount of time on a plane uh, or planes and. Uh, uh, I started watching uh the American Gods series on uh I guess it's on Amazon or maybe but it was originally on Stars. Uh anyway, I read the book so I really liked it. Mm. I liked the book and then you know the TV series uh does it a lot of uh a lot of justice. Very I think it picked up some some Emmy nominations. I, I didn't hear who won, but whatever. Um so check that out if uh, if you like uh, uh Neil Gaiman and and uh you know, good TV shows and and just like early Game of Thrones. Uh, gratuitous sex scene every episode, so you know that's always good to watch on.
0: That, oh, that's that's, the, on that's the worst on a plane. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was. They had, they had Game of Thrones on some long flight I was on, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh my god, they're <laughs> fucking again. It's just like, but I, I don't, and and like it was, it was on. Uh, what was? It was a non-American mm, airline, yeah. not only American Airlines, but it was Air Berlin, and so of course they're just like, bam, yeah. full on, like uh, European yes, style. I, we don't say American
1: gods is European style. <laughs>
0: oh man it's like i don't i don't know what to do about that but uh whatever
1: and uh i I finally finished reading uh uh william gibson's uh the blue ant trilogy as it's known uh zero history um and i think it was Mm. my favorite of the three and i had kind of mixed feelings about all of them but i like his writing and sometimes at the end you're like well that story didn't do much um but uh yeah yeah yeah. i liked it And, and kind of going off of the whole uh high fashion technology thing, I, I, I'm not a subscriber of this, but i, I uh, it's in the notes. Go check this out. Um, the subscription service that sends out clothing, you know, uh, footwear and essential self-care products um, called Blot, and they just, you don't get to pick what they send you. And so, you know, they'll send you, oh, we'll send you some pants and then a shirt and then like they send you some uh, some goggles, and then the next month, you know, oh, some shoes. Yeah, goggles. And then they're like, oh, here's a, uh, you know, here's um, I think one of the things was a uh, a tattoo gun. I was like, what the? <laughs> so it's and then it's completely unbranded. You know, they just have like numbers on them. You know, small numbers on them. So it's that whole like anti-fashion mm-hmm. fashion thing. Um, I think it's it's fascinating. There's also a link to an article about that. Uh, so. Whatever. Um, it's, it's interesting. You know, I have that same tangent.
0: You know, when, when, I, when I, was, I was just glancing at that, because you travel so much, I thought you were going to talk about the Polish airline, <laughs> but, I, but I guess not. <laughs> That's pol- that lot is part of Star Alliance, mm. so I know very little. Uh, I'm, a, I'm,
1: a, I'm a one-world yeah. man myself. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> That's strictly one-world, please. Uh, I had to fly on Star Alliance on the way back. They had to shift me over to, uh, how do mm. you say Lufthansa and united and and like well one it's like I, I see why people hate airlines so much i understand now but i mean but but two like yeah. it wasn't that bad i mean it's just yep. another fucking airline it was uh, it was fine and then and then of course they speak german on lufthansa and there was a bunch of i think there was like a, an italian high school going on a trip behind me and they, they were they were enjoyable uh so uh my recommendations this week so I guess I'm a little late to the party, but I finally watched all the great. Rick and Morty stuff, which is just great. So good. It's like, uh, it, is that is that somehow related to like Doctor Katz and like uh, that other show whose name with you know? I don't Coach think McGirt. so. Like he, he's style, on. Right? Uh, no?
1: he's on Master Nando. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Benjamin, whatever his name is.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Well. Well. Listen. Listen. Like you should just if you listen to this podcast, like, chances are <laughs> high you'll like that show it's you, you just you just do what I do like I was actually in London and whatever the Netflix like I you know every now and then you can fake out Netflix with a VPN and I think I could watch it there but then it wasn't back here in the US because like you know fuck copyright law and uh and and so like I ended up having to buy them in Amazon you just do that and then you can watch them over and over again but it's 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 good stuff I've been worrying a lot recently much like with my hairstyle that I need to update my jokes because uh, like the Big Lebowski is like over 20 <laughs> years old now right so like I got and I and I think I think this is a good start there's a lot of good well, you, material you know in there, uh, but, uh Blade uh,
1: Runner's go. coming back around so just give it time give it time. oh
0: nice yeah we'll have to see I only make eyes <laughs> see? what uh what happens there so then also uh while I was in Latvia uh I forget why but I I was trying to look up what Latvian custom was for something and I found this gold mine of a site now it's got like I think they might have launched their site in 2007, so it's got that good design. But I, I forget the uh, – let me see what the URL is. It's, it's these cultural guides. That, uh, here, here's a good name for you. Comisio-global.com. Just go to the show notes. But they have, they have culture guides for all places, sorts of places like America, Australia, Latvia. And you read through them, uh, and they are awesome. i Japan. Right? Right? Like, yeah. They're very concise. Yeah, yeah. You should read the Australian one and see here. how good it is. But I read the American one because I figure I'm an expert on American culture. And man, it was like pretty much <laughs> spot on. It was awesome. It, like like the, the, the re, when I realized it was spot on is like it had it had something that was like it is customary in America to ask people how they are doing but no one really cares what the answer is <laughs> or, or like it was, it was something like that. And then it was, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, it was good stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it. And then apparently in Latvia, it's common for people to sing at the end of a meal, mm-hmm. which I did not witness, but so that's too bad. And then finally I was told about this uh, when I was in uh, Beijing, we were hanging out in the uh, the crown plaza bar. And uh, for some re- random reason, we had this really tall, skinny Catalonian who was serving us. And, uh, I, uh, I ordered, uh, what did I order? Some, uh, some cognac. And then we, we got to talking and he was like, oh, you should, you should try brandy de Jerez, right? it's this brandy. And, you know, cognac's basically just brandy except made in France. I'm sure someone has some notes on that, but, uh, it's a Spanish brandy. And he said, you get the Cardinal Mendoza. So of course, if a Catalonian in Beijing tells me a brandy mm-hmm. to get, when I got home, I went down to Specs and got a bottle and it's, it's great. It's like it's like uh it's a little expensive, right? But uh you know, it's just money. But it's it's like it's got this like slight cinnamony taste to it, I think. It's hard to place. <laughs> so but, uh, when when I was in brand.
1: India, they uh they told us we should drink um this old monk uh blended rum. I'm not I'm not going to recommend Ooh. it. <laughs> they said this is what no. we drank when we were in college and I was like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do monks know about rum? That's that's a drink yeah. of pirates, right there. It, it, it was yeah. very
1: Captain Morgan esque.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. a spice well, rum. Not a fan. Oh, spice rum. Man, man. That's like, that's, I remember one time I went uh, up to a uh, whatever, international co op meeting back when I lived pants? with all the vegans and the clothing <laughs> optional people. Oh, man. I'm always I yeah, always wore I'm not a never nude, but I would always wear pants. But you know they have they have a, a meeting up in Ann Arbor for the co-op people. And uh and I remember I packed a bottle of Southern Comfort and and that that was that was I didn't actually really get sick or anything, but that was uh that was enjoyable. That's that's a drink that it's good to have on a bus with a bunch of uh hairy hippies. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to uh get the, the check out the show notes for this episode, you can find a link if you didn't remember where it was. To get your, your free dashboarding and t shirt, go to datadogcom software defined talk. You remember them. They're the ones who uh, handle all your monitoring situation, let you figure out how to solve your problems, not just have uh, sort of all this nonsense you're getting from your SNMP traps. Observability. That's right. What if you could have programmers do your work for you? right that's that's good stuff so uh if you go to software Defined talk you can find this episode and all the previous ones you can find the rss feed there's handy dandy links you can click on that'll go directly to itunes and stitcher and rss all that i think there's even a uh an, uh, uh it's not overwatch is it overcast that thing i use every day you can go there directly <laughs> it's always nice if you leave us a review or a star you know, that's that's great. But it's even better if peop- there's been several people at this conference, fellas, who've come up and yeah. said that they really enjoy the podcast and, and they think they think uh, that we're doing a great job. They find it enjoyable. So uh, that's nice. That was nice of them to come up and say that. And there were like there were like two people who knew about Drunk and Retired, <laughs> which is a miracle. That's a, a very, very deep cut there. I must
2: say I got I, did, I wasn't in person, but I got a LinkedIn request from a coworker I did not know who sent in the LinkedIn thing that said hey you he big fan of software Defined talk so Aww, of course that's so nice of course accept that, that, that that's connection the key, if you're that's a recruiter. very simple yeah. so send me <laughs> send me a LinkedIn with uh, any yep. type of praise Thanks. telling me how good i am accept immediately yeah. so i enjoyed that one i appreciated wow. that
0: well that's good well so uh did i forget any of my standard speech i've i've been uh I've been deteriorating in my my old age with this haircut But, uh, yeah, with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.